Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Church. I love you. And I'm asking you to let me deliver what you have on my heart, the way that you want it delivered. I ask that you would give me the words to say and the unction to deliver this message from heaven. And I I ask you, Holy Spirit, that, that you would not let me mess up what you're trying to say. Because I say that because I'm feeble and I'm human and I make mistakes. But God, I feel so strong about this message. And I want every heart in the room to be open and I want them to be impacted. And so I ask you now, Holy Spirit, to bless each one with ears to hear and eyes to see and not eyes of our physical body, but I ask that you would open the eyes of our mind and our spirit that we would perceive what you want us to today. God, that we would be open to all that you have, that we would would consume your word. And that it would change us from the inside out. God, I'm praying for every intercessor in the room, which is every single person in the room. I'm praying, God, that you would ignite passion for prayer once again. That you would ignite a desire for night and day incense to rise from this region, from this house, from these people, God. Father, that we would no longer have apathy of heart. We would not live in a place not concerned about what's happening in the heavenly realm. That we would see our place as the enthroned intercessor. That as we left our incense to you, God, that you would mix it with the fire of heaven and the angels would shoot it back down to earth earth with the answers that you have. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to you're going to open our eyes. You're going to open our ears so that we can receive all that you have today for us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Okay, guys, thank you so much. I thought I'd keep you longer, but I think I can give you a break for a few minutes. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Okay, so um, I have quite a bit of scripture to share with you today. So if you've not gotten in your Bible reading for the last little bit, I'm going to help you out. (laughs) And so we're going to have grace for me and for Miss Lisa (laughs) because I have so many. I don't know if her little fingers will be able to keep up with all that I have. So we have grace today, right? Okay, good. (laughs) Okay. So today, um, I just want to, as I prayed already, I want to ignite your heart with desire for intercession. I want to remind you who you are as the enthroned intercessor that has the best prayer partner that there could be, which is Jesus. And I want to help us with our mind's eye or our the spirit eye to see where we are praying from and what like who we are as the intercessor, where we're praying from and who we're praying to, okay? So this has been on my heart for some time. You've heard me talk about it since the beginning of the year. You've heard me talk about how I've really felt the pressure from the heavenly realm to 
increased prayer at Awakening Church. And so that had to start in me first. If I'm going to, if I'm going to expect for you as the body to increase in the place of prayer, then I too have to increase in the place of prayer. And so that is what I've been intentional to do. I've been intentional, which as I've said before, I've stated to some of you, I may have even said it from the pulpit. My word for this year, and not everybody has to have a word for the year. That's, I know it's a super churchy thing, but I ask the Holy Spirit what he wants for the year that we're about to enter. Because I also recognize that he is not inside of time and he's not governed by our calendars <laughs> by any means. And our calendar is different than other people's calendars. So I recognize that. But because he's so gracious and he cares about our calendar, <laughs> I ask him, what does he want me to focus on? Or what is he trying to do in me for the year 2019? And the, the, the first word, the big word that I was hearing is intentional, on purpose. Be intentional. And that can be difficult for someone like me because I am very much a butterfly. Um, I like to go here and there. As my husband likes to coin uh, my whatever, is that I'm a hippie or I like to, I'm a bohemian and I like to go with the flow kind of a thing. And that's awesome, but it's also good to be grounded. <laughs> so, so while it's difficult for me to be intentional, I know that that is what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in me and he's wanting to mature me in that. And I believe as he's doing that in me, he's going to do that in you. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So, as I've already said, intentional is my word. And I've felt the pressure from heaven for us to increase prayer at Awakening Church. And I've done that in myself first. And I've asked the Holy Spirit in that place of prayer, what is it, what is it that's keeping us as a body from gathering together in the place of prayer. Now, I also want you to know this is not from a place of condemnation. And I also recognize that I'm not speaking to every single individual in the room about certain things. I think that all of us can increase in the place of prayer. Whether we're praying three hours a day, maybe that can make, make it to four or five hours a day. Or maybe we're playing five minutes a day and we need to go to 10 or 15 minutes, okay? So I think that it can be for everyone. But I also want you to know this is not from condemnation that I'm saying you're not praying, okay? And the reason why I say that is because I believe that the assignment that is set in front of us as a church body, as um, the ecclesia of God, the assignment that is heavy, and it's okay because we have him undergirding us, requires for us to step it up in the place of prayer. It requires us to go to the next level or we will not see the assignment accomplished. And that assignment can be different things for you. It, it can be all kinds of different things. But for us at Awakening, we want to see the presence of God hosted in this region 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We want there to be a place, a habitation for the presence of God. We want to see Louisville become the most safe city. We want to see people that are in drugs set free. We want to see those that have struggled with homosexuality or other perversions to be set free. We want to see those that are lost and do not know God come to know Jesus. So it is our assignment to get on our face before the th throne of God and 
ask him for those things. And so it's time to level up, basically, is what I'm asking, what I'm telling us. So as I asked him this question, okay, Father, what is it? What is it that is keeping us corporately from moving forward to seeing more involvement in corporate worship? What has done that? And I believe that he said that it is not important enough to the body to actually come together in the place of agreement because they've not seen that it's powerful. They don't know who they are as ones that are seated on the throne with Jesus from that place. They don't recognize the resources that they have at their fingertips, and they don't even know where they are when they are praying. And so I hope that today, I really hope that today, I'm going to communicate somehow to you who you are as an enthroned intercessor, how to continue to ask where you are praying from and who you are praying to. So I'm going to go to Ephesians 2, chapter 6. I want us to recognize that when we decided to give our lives to Jesus, in that moment, we have become the righteousness of God. We have already put on his garment and his robe. And I know that Ryan has spoke about this many different times about the righteousness of God and how, you know, for those of us that maybe have been raised in the church, we, um, we have a justice mindset rather than a righteous mindset. And so um, our lens might be a little bit different. And even in seeing ourselves, where we see ourselves as, uh, well, I've made this mistake and this mistake, and so I'm not qualified to be who God has called me to be or what they say. I'm not sure if that's for me. It might be for someone else, and they can do that, and they can be the righteousness of God, but they don't know my past. They don't know my history. They don't know the sin that I've committed so I'm just going to stay over here and keep to myself and I'm going to let them do all that over there but that is a lie from hell that you are not the righteousness of God as a matter of fact God has given us everything every single thing that Jesus has so that means every privilege that Jesus has you have every privilege that means the righteousness that Jesus has, you have. The position that he has seated on the throne, you have. And that might mess with some of you. That might be like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not trying to take the place of God. No, no, no. He said it. Um, everything that he has, you have. So Ephesians chapter 2, verse, verse 6 says... He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Okay, that's proof right there. Proof right there that we have already been raised up with Christ. This isn't talking about heaven, like when we die and go to heaven. This is right now. Literally in the spirit realm, this is where we are. We are raised with Christ, ascended with him, 
to the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Okay, I'm going to move on to Ephesians 1, 3. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful heavenly father, the father of our Lord Jesus, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. This is why we celebrate him with all of our hearts. Okay, that's just another, listen, the reason I'm giving so much scripture is I want you to know this. I want this to get on the inside of you. I don't want there to be a question. I want you to be convinced that you are seated on the throne with Jesus because God looks at us as if we are wrapped up in Jesus. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. Amen? So we have every privilege. Everything is available. It is at our, our fingertips. Everything that Jesus has, we have. Okay, I'm going to move to verse 6 in that same chapter. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children. Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love that he has. As for Jesus, his beloved one, he has for us, and this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. So, I want you to hear me today. He finds great pleasure in letting you come up and sit next to him on the throne. He finds pleasure. This delights him. He is excited to share this. As a matter of fact, if he were to lift us any higher, it would threaten the Trinity. Do you understand me? If he were to lift us to a higher place in the heavenly realm, it would threaten the Trinity. That's how much authority and privilege and righteousness we have. We are enthroned intercessors. And I believe, I can remember, this is, I'm trying to remember what year it was. 20, 20, oh gosh, Brady is 14. So 14 years ago. I think I was pregnant with Brady. Um, I remember this this wooing and this call from the Holy Spirit into prayer and intercession. And um, I know that this is kind of embarrassing, but I really didn't know what the word intercessor meant 14, well, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, however long it was. I didn't really know what that meant. I just, for me... I felt like there were certain people in the church that were called to intercede. Not everybody, like that was a special thing. And that, you know, they're going to get together and they're going to have their special meeting and they're going to pray and they're going to do all this work and I'm just going to benefit from it because they're like better than me. Basically, that's how I thought. I thought, okay, well, they're better than me. They really know how to get a hold of God. And so there was this precious woman that um, she... When we were in um, a specific in the, in the denomination that we were in, she and her husband actually pastored in Winchester, and I can't even remember why she was while we were together. It was probably a state function, and and I always knew that she was an intercessor, and so I was like, okay, she's who I need to talk to because she 
knows what she's doing, you know, because I was feeling this urge, like, okay, it's time to pray or whatever. And so anyway, I go to her and I'm like, listen, miss, her name was Carletta. And, um, I said, Carletta, can you teach me your ways? (laughs) I want to be your Padawan learner. I want to be a Jedi (laughs) in intercession. So teach me how to pray. And she said, honey, there's really nothing special about it. It's just, you need to pray. And I was like, oh, (laughs) like I had built it up to this like thing, you know? And she's like, no, every one of us is an intercessor. Every one of us has the place of authority in in the heavenly realm to intercede. And I was like, okay. And it really just opened up my eyes. And it also took off any like preconceived notion that I had. And so I want to communicate that to you. You are an intercessor. You are an intercessor. You are. So here's the deal. What happens with this information when we get this information? Now it makes us responsible and people don't like responsibility. People don't like to have to um, be accountable for what they've heard. They'd rather put their ears, their, their fingers in their ear, la, 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 la. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. They, you know, ignorance is bliss. No, ignorance is the devil when it comes to this. We need to know who we are and where we are seated and praying from so that we can get the job done. We have an assignment here, people. We have an assignment to bring heaven to earth. We need to take our rightful place. I'm going to move to Isaiah if I can find it. I wasn't sure if I was going to have the internet, so I had to write some of this stuff down. Isaiah chapter 52. And when I speak of Zion, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. And actually, Zion had just cried out to God right before this and said, please awake God, wake up and hear us and answer our prayer. And God back to Zion says, wake up, wake up, O Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem, for unclean and godless people will enter your gates no more. Rise from the dust, O Jerusalem, sit in the place of honor, remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. That is you. You are Zion. So I speak to you today and I say arise from the dust and take your rightful place. I am so tired of the enemy holding us down by his thumb and keeping us in a place of apathy because we are not seeing ourselves rightly as the daughter of Zion that he has already set free. And he is already giving us, given us a place of authority in the heavenly realm and we cannot see it. So today I prophesy that we will remove the veil of apathy. We will remove the veil of dullness over our eyes and over our spirit and we will be awakened and we will clothe ourselves with beauty. We will come into the place of honor and we will remove every chain of slavery. We are not slaves any longer. That is not us. We are free people. I had, I wanted so bad to put on a crown this morning, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> because Cameron won uh, prom king, and they had this really cool crown. I was like, oh, that's that's what I, I couldn't find it. I want you to imagine my, me with the crown on, but not that only that. I want you to imagine yourself with a crown on your head. He has placed you in the seat of honor. Revelations 3. I might need that one up there because 
I don't know if I did that one or not. Yeah. Revelations 3, chapter 21. I'm going to, yeah. And to the one who conquers, that's you, that's you, I will give the privilege of sitting with me on my throne, just as I conquered and I sat down with my father on his throne. Jesus is talking to us. We are the overcomers. We are the conquerors. We are actually more than conquerors. And we get the privilege of sitting on his throne with him. I don't care if you think this is too much scripture. I want to overload you with it so you know the truth of God's word and that it would strike your heart that you would finally believe who you are as a crowned, enthroned intercessor. That is who you are. Woo! (laughs) We need to, from this place, we need to uh, pray the will of God. So he doesn't give us this, he doesn't give us this position so that we can sit back and just, you know, okay, now that I'm here, I'm going to twiddle my thumbs or whatever. We're not going to, we're not here just for the sake of, of being um, crowned. We are here to, to be active. Jesus is not wanting a bride that is not fully engaged with him. He wants us to partner with him. You hear us talk about that all the time. Partnership with God. Partnership with Jesus. Partnership with Holy Spirit. Excuse me. He does not want an inactive bride. He wants us to join with him in the place of prayer. Jesus is right now at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and me. And he wants us right there with him, joining him, and in agreement with his word, declaring the word of the Lord. I can't remember why I was going to read this, but I'm going to. Ephesians <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. I'll just wait for it up there because, again, I didn't write that one down. Hallelujah. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and he exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he has exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of all power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but the age to come. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. There is none above him. There is none that has more power than him. He has everything. It's all been given to him. And guess what? That means he has given it to you. You are sitting sitting at the throne with him and all of that stuff that I just mentioned in Ephesians 1, 19 through 22, you have access to. It's at your fingertips. I don't understand why we don't just take hold of that. Why are we not in the place of prayer, tapping into the source of the king of all the universe? Woo! That's so exciting. And you know what else is so cool? I love this. And this helps me break off any 
um, condemnation or woe is me, low uh, opinion of myself. The Father wants our input. He wants to, to, he wants to converse with us. And that's found in Isaiah chapter 43 and 26. I wonder if I wrote that down. No, I didn't. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. Can you do that in the um, Passion Translation? No, okay. Oh, that's Isaiah. I'm sorry. It's not on there yet, is it? Put me, I mean, he's done He's done that, just so you know. If you need Isaiah, I have some for sale. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. Moving on to Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 18, just another reminder that he wants to converse with us. He wants our input. He wants us to reason together. Go ahead. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be wool. Like, well, he wants our input. Reason. He wants to talk. He wants to have conversation. This isn't a monologue <laughs> with him. It is a dialogue. It's conversation. He cares about what you think. He cares about how you feel about certain situations that are happening in your life, in your family, in this city, in this church, in this nation, and ultimately the world. He wants to hear from you and reason with you. Hallelujah. Job chapter 23, 3 through 7. This is really when he offers these things. It's all about us reminding him what he's already said. So you don't have to like come up with your own thing. Isn't that cool? Like he wants us to reason together and he wants us to, you know, talk about it. But we don't have to be like, oh, well, how should it really be? He's already said in the word of God how he wants it to be. All we need to do is find the word and then agree with it. And we say, okay, God, this is what you said. We want to remind him almost like, hey, God, remember when you said this? And he's not that he forgot, but you know, he will totally entertain us. <laughs> and he'll be like, oh, yes, I remember. Let me do something about that. And let me release angels to the earthly realm so that it can be done. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come to his seat. I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in his great power? No, but he would take note of me. There the upright could reason with him, and I would be delivered forever from my judge. That is the God that we serve. He wants us to have conversation with him, and he wants to do it right here. And he wants us to recognize that the, the conversations that we have are really in the heavenly realm. Let's cause God to remember. Let's cause him to remember what he said over us. Let's look into the word of God and see what he said. And let's look into the words that people have spoken, the prophets of God that have spoken to us. Let's remind God what he has said through his prophets. I do it all the time. As a matter of fact, the New Testament tells us to use those things as weapons against the enemy. The prophetic words that we've been given are really like a sword against the enemy. We can, we can hold it up and be like, no, God said this. God said that my kids would be saved. 
God said that I would walk in healing and health. That's what he told me. And so that will cut the enemy down in the name of Jesus. We pray from the throne and we pray before the throne. Now listen, this is this is some freaky stuff that I'm getting ready to say. And I it got me so hyped. And I just want to tell you that what I'm giving you a lot of it is inspired by Brian Simmons. He just came out with a new book in 2018 called Throne Room Prayer. So I highly recommend it. And if you read it, you're going to see that the what I have got right here, there's a lot of it that came from him and his revelation concerning the throne room and where we're praying from and who we are. So I'm going to read from Ezekiel 1. Man, this is crazy. For real. So I want you, uh, so let me just say, well, let me find it first. Hold on. All right, here we go. So (laughs) I want you to recognize what I'm telling you, what I'm getting ready to read to you. This is real. Just like I can reach out and I can touch Haley, like I can feel her. She's warm and my hands are cold. (laughs) She's real. You're real. I can touch you. I can see you. What I'm getting ready to, to speak to you is real things. It's not some fantasy sci-fi stuff. Sci-fi means science fiction. This is science real. <laughs> what's, the, what's the opposite of fiction? Nonfiction. This is science nonfiction. <laughs> but that's what this sounds like. This is, this is going to blow your mind. I really hope it does at least. I hope that this blows your mind. I hope that you can, in your mind's eye, as I prayed earlier, that you would be able to, maybe you need to even close your eyes when I read this to you. And I just say right now, God, as I read your truth, your word, your living, breathing word, your living, breathing Jesus, that I speak over your people, that they would see the throne room, that they would see this experience that Ezekiel had, and they would see themselves there, that they would know that they're the ones standing on the sapphire pavement, God. As I read this, God, let it come alive in their spirit. So Ezekiel 1. Interesting fact about Ezekiel. He uh, at this time when it when this was written is the the children of Israel were in captivity and so they um always had a priest you know and, and like it was a family thing the the Levites were the priests right and so Ezekiel was in the bloodline of the Levites he was called to be a priest but it's really hard to become something when you're in captivity to 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 be a priest because the if you look in um the I can't remember where it is Exodus maybe no I don't know I'm sorry some other Bible nerd would have to tell me but anyway it talks about when the priests become who they're supposed to be you know when they step into it and it's the 30th year it's 30 years. That's when they become the priest over Israel. Well, he was picked to actually be a priest and a prophet in his 30th year. There are some amazing visitations that Ezekiel had. And I just say that you have every opportunity to have these encounters and experiences with Holy Spirit. And I'm praying that that happens. So Ezekiel 1. Woo! On July 31st, on my 30th year, while I was with the Judean exiles beside the Kibar River, which actually means from a long time ago. So he's by the river from a long time ago, meaning this has already been established. Woo! Okay, this is so, so cool. The heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. 
This happened during the fifth year of King something. As I looked, I saw a great storm coming from the north, driving before it a huge cloud that flashed with lightning and shone with brilliant light. Okay, close your eyes and see it. I saw a great storm coming from north. I'm reading again. And Brian Simmons, he's not come out with Ezekiel yet, but he in this book, if you want to know what the first chapter of Ezekiel is, go read this book that he's in the Passion Translation. But he says that it's a whirlwind. So think about a tornado happening. There's a tornado coming at Ezekiel. And inside this tornado, right in front of him, in this huge cloud are flashes of lightning and there is this brilliant light coming out of this tornado whirlwind there was fire inside the cloud and in the middle of the fire glowed something like gleaming amber from the center of the cloud came four living beings that looked human except they each had four faces and four wings and their legs were straight and their feet had hooves like those of a calf and shown like burnished bronze. Under each of the four wings, I could see human hands. So each of our four beings had four faces and four wings. The wings of each living being touched the wing of the one beside it, which one moves straight forward in any direction without turning around. So these beings are, they have their wings out and their wings are touching which is amazing and they have four faces which is crazy like that's what I mean that's weird but it's so cool so cool um let's see where I want to go I think I'm going to go back I'm going to go down to verse 12 they went in whatever direction the spirit chose and they moved because they, 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 there was a spirit on the inside of them they went in whatever direction the spirit chose and they moved straight forward in any direction within turning around without turning around so they could move <laughs> they could go anywhere and they didn't even have they didn't have to do this right like think of like I can't even I don't know <laughs> it's wild they can like just do this stuff right crazy so crazy I'm trying to find I'm sorry I don't want to read the whole thing okay uh 15 no 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 13 the living beings looked like bright coals of fire or brilliant torches now I want you to remember who was John John was a lampstand a fiery man of God so if John can be that you can be that we are represented right here. I believe that we are like the four living creatures. Or yeah, right, whatever. And we have that bright coal that that burns on the inside of us. We are a bright and shining lamp. We are the torches of God. And lightning seemed to flash back and forth among them. So it would go fast back and forth. And they could move almost like in an instant. And the living beings darted to and fro like flashes of lightning. And as I looked at these beings, I saw four wheels touching the ground beside them. One wheel belonging to each one. Okay, so there's four wheels, right? Here's the four living creatures with their wings, and they can move really fast, and flashes of lightning. All this craziness is happening, but now they have wheels, and each one of them have a wheel. Wow. The wheels sparkled as if made of burl. I wrote that down somewhere. It's really cool. I'll have to tell you later. All four wheels looked, it's basically like 
um, like a gemstone, like a, a bright light, like a gem, like blue or green, or maybe it was yellow. <laughs> maybe it could be all three. Um, <laughs> but that's what this burl was. It was like, that's what the wheel was made out of. All four wheels looked alike and were made of the same. Each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it. Now, you all have probably seen, like, I can, <laughs> I can remember Jimmy Neutron. Do you all remember that? And, like, there's this wheel thing. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a physicist thing, I think. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. What is that, David? That wheel thing? You know what I'm talking about? He's the, he's the chemist man, lawyer, a smart man. Um, <laughs> so it's like, okay, you've got this wheel going this way, but then you've got one going this way. So it's like this, right? Gyroscope. That's it. See, I told you. I knew he'd know. It's a gyroscope. Like, you know what I'm talking about? It's that thing. It's moving and spinning. And that's what we're looking at. And it's sparkling. And it's a rainbow. It's got sapphires. And it's got this burl stone. that it's, it's shining. And that's moving, right? Okay. This gets me so excited. Okay. The beings could move in any of the four directions that they faced without turning as they moved. The rims of the four wheels were tall and they and frightening, and they were all covered with ice all around them. What did I do with it? Jesus, help me. When the living beings moved, the wheels moved with them. Okay, so I want you to remember what I said. That we have the opportunity, like I believe that the, the living creatures represent us, that we are that in that vision with him. In this windstorm, this tornado full of flashing light and amber glowing, which is where God is. And we are the ones that move these wheels. Wherever our faces look is where we can move the wheels. Man, guys, this uh, I really hope that you can hear this with your spirit. The spirit of the living being was in the will. So wherever the spirit went, the wills and the living beings also went. So wherever they felt in their spirit, wherever they wanted to go, the, the will had to submit itself to them so that it could move. When the being moved, I already said that. When the being flew upward, the will rose up. For the spirit of the living being was in the will spread out above the surface like a sky, glittering like crystal. Okay, I want you to see that. So we've got these, these living beings. We've got these four wheels that are rainbows and sparkling light, and they're glimmering, and they're moving wherever the beings want to go. And now above them, above these beings, is the vastness of the sky. It's glittering like crystal. And beneath the surface, the wings of each of the living stretched out to the touch the other wing, and each had two wings covering its body. Um, let's move on. I'm sorry. Uh, verse 26. Above this surface was something that looked like a throne made of blue lapis lazuli. And on this throne, high above, was a figure whose appearance resembled a man, which is Jesus. From what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like gleaming amber flickering like fire and from his waist down he looked like burning flame shining with splendor 
All around him was a glowing halo, like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day. This is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. When I saw it, I fell face down on the ground, and I heard someone speak to me. So, are you all tracking with me about what we're looking at? <laughs> we see these amazing beings. We see the wheels moving. And then above them, which again, I believe is us in representation. Above that, in this in this sparkling cloud-like glist, glistening crystal, is one that looks like they're sitting on a throne that is glowing like amber. And from the waist up, as Brian Simmons says, it looks like glowing metal. It looks like it's metal that's been set on fire and it's got fire on the inside of the metal. That's the waist up. From the waist down, it looks like pure fire. Just just beaming fire. And that is his vision of God. And that is what we are under. That's what we are under. This is so cool to me. So I want us to recognize when we agree in prayer, we are the ones that move the wheels. Okay, so I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So basically, the throne of God, you know, that's the, the, the glimmering crystal, right? We are the, the ones that move the wheels. The throne of God is sitting on the wheels, I hope that you can hear me. With our prayers of intercession, with our prayers of agreement, because the four living creatures, their wings were extended and they touched one another, right? They were in agreement, so to speak. That's my interpretation of it. They were in agreement praying, and everywhere their spirit wanted the wills to move ultimately means that's where they wanted the throne of God to move. Our prayers cause momentum inside these wild wheels that have all kinds of different ways to go. Our prayers are the ones that move that. So what am I saying? This, our Jesus, please help me. We are sitting on that throne with Jesus. We get to sit next to the gleaming, shining one. We, with our crowns on, sitting enthroned as intercessors, connecting with Jesus and we get to will because we are in alignment with the word of God not because we have fleshly lustly desires but because we have holy ones that are what he wants us to desire our spirits will move the throne of God any will that moves needs something to move it whether you push the wheel, you know, that's old school, right? Or whether there's a power, like a, a motor or something, there's something that has to power the wheels to move. And if we are not taking our place in the heavenly realm, seated as intercessors before the throne of God, then we are not moving the throne of God. We are not moving the wheels. It is our responsibility. I'm saying to you now, you are accountable for what you are hearing. Your ears are open because I've already prayed it. <laughs> and you have to, you have to understand this is way bigger than just Jesus bless this food in your name. Amen. Way, way bigger. We get to change the nations. 
We get to see abortion end. We get to see the lost saved because that is what we are willing. So so I didn't even finish my thought. Here we are sitting on the throne with our crowns on next to the shining one. And we also get to be before the throne of God. So we are on the throne of God, but we also get to stand before the throne of God and make our petitions known. Oh, God, that we would understand the power of our prayer, the power of our agreement with one another and with heaven. God, that we would understand the the weight of the assignment that is on us to accomplish your will in the earth, God. When we are praying, we are standing on sapphire pavement before the rainbow wheels. Ezekiel, or I'm sorry, Revelation 4. Ch- or, uh, yeah, chapter 4, verse 6. And in front of the throne, there was pavement like crystal sea of glass. This is where we're standing. This is in Revelation. Ezekiel saw the whirlwind and a rainbow of glory. He saw a jasper throne. He saw sapphire pavement, which I believe is the Revelation 4, 6 um, reference. He saw cherubim. He saw a mushroom cloud of the presence of God. Think about that. You know those mushroom clouds because of bombs going off. They go up in the air, and they're like this huge cloud. That is what he saw. He saw a mushroom cloud of the presence of God. He saw flashing lightning. He saw heavenly beings below the throne and surrounding the throne and he also saw light surrounding the throne he saw the center like fire like metal on fire he saw jasper glowing of the presence and the radiance of God and the sparkling wills if that's not crazy interesting I don't know what is like that is that illuminates my heart to want to go there it's not scary this is not fear this is the presence of god that we're talking about we get to be engaged with this i've said it before if we're bored in prayer it's cuz we're boring that's not boring that's amazing that's science nonfiction and that's what we want to be a part of right do you want this let's do this together just like them they touched wings in agreement we can do the same. I mean, there's so much power in agreement. Woo, let me just take a breath. Ah. Okay, every single time. I don't remember which scripture this is. Why do I take my glasses off? Oh, God's so good. May not have written it down. Okay, well, I can't find it. You're just gonna have to believe me. (laughs) Or you know what? You can find it. You got the word, right? (laughs) Every time we lift up a prayer to God, it is like incense, right? It rises to the throne that I just spoke about, and we get to be there with God as these prayers arise to where we're seated with him and then the angel grabs that and mixes it with fire he grabs it 
this is so cool, guys. He takes it from the heavenly realm, which, by the way, is all around us. The heavenly realm is all around us. Do you know why I know that? Because it says that the heaven is God's, heavens are God's throne. And how could we measure God? How could we measure God? There's no limit to who he is and his greatness and how big he is. And so everywhere is the throne of God. Everywhere is his presence. Everywhere we get, anywhere we are, whether we're in the bathroom, (laughs) maybe we're in the kitchen, we're in this room right now together, we are in the heavenly realm. Together, we get to do that. I don't even remember where I was going. It was so good. Um, Yeah, okay, I remember. So then he mixes it with fire, the angel, and then he thrusts it back to the earth to answer the prayers of the saints. That intercession that we rise to God, he um, employs angels to, to send it back to the earth to bring the answers. Isn't that exciting? There's nothing, there's nothing that, that we... We can't even mess it up. That's what I'm trying to say. We can't even mess up what um, (laughs) we just have to agree with God. We cannot mess up being with him. So um, I want to read Hebrews. Where am I? Okay, I'll be done quick. Chapter 12, 22 to 24. We are in partnership with him, guys. This is the partnership that we have with Jesus. By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. That is saying we're there right now. Okay? This, again, is not a far-off deal. It says we have already come near to God in the totally different realm, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the, how do you say that? Festal gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. Woo! As and as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names, hallelujah, have been legally registered as citizens of heaven. Amen. And we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues to speak from heaven forgiveness a better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth justice we are Zion that's what I'm trying to communicate through this verse that it's not just me which is great but this is saying that we are Zion we are in the new Jerusalem together and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life and we get to have all of that in access this must be a partnership with God the Godhead let's come to the place where our thoughts are filled with the whispers of God I believe that's what happened in the upper room. I believe that they came together in such a place where the heavenly realm descended to where they were. And they began to hear the whisper of heaven, and it was one sound. It was one verse. It was one thing. They were all in accord. They were all in unity. And what happened? The fire fell. That's what we want. We want the fire of God to fall. Amen? So exciting. 
We, I've already said it, but we are now responsible for what we know. Prayer is the gateway for heaven to come to earth. Jesus is the door. He said it. He said, I am the door. And he's the one that opens the heavenly realm to us, right? But the gateway to the door is prayer. It is how we pull the heavenly realm down to earth. We can stir God to move through our prayer. Jesus is the best prayer and partner that we can have. So when we know who we are, when we know we are the enthroned intercessor, we're wearing the crown that Jesus has given us. We are the ones that he has made righteous. We are the ones that he's given every privilege to. When we're convinced of that and we can envision ourselves seated on the throne beside Jesus with God and we begin to make our petitions known together in the place of agreement because we're all there together, we will see things change. I'm asking Holy Spirit to strike your heart for passion, for intercession, for passion to go before the throne of God to make your petitions known. I'm going to have to preach a different message on some on that right there because I have about three more pages of notes that I'm not going to do today. <laughs> but I have about three more pages of notes that talk about our asking and, and that we have to ask and continue to ask. And that is where we see heaven come to earth. My prayer for us is Psalms 109.4b. It's David and he's lamenting, so to speak. If you'll put that up there for me, he's lamenting, so to speak. But he has, as we sang earlier, he already had a history with God. He already knew God and he had already spent countless hours before the throne of God, just letting incense arise, letting worship come from his heart so he knew. He says, though I love them, they stand accusing me like Satan for what have I never, what, for what I've never done. Okay, so that's the part that he's lamenting about. But he goes on to say, I will pray until I become prayer itself. That is my prayer for you. I'm praying that you will pray so intently that you will become prayer itself, that your name would be prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is relationship with God. It doesn't mean that you say, now I'll lay me down to sleep. Sure, that can work, but it is conversation with God, and we get to have that conversation in the throne room. Guys, I really hope that what I have said today has opened your eyes, or maybe if you knew it, that maybe it has just rekindled something in you to come before the throne with your petitions, to come before the throne, to reason together with God, to have conversation, to have dialogue with him, and then that we too can have dialogue with God and with one another. That excites me. I want to have conversations that are based around 
around the throne room. I don't want to talk about the weather or the cats, even though they play at 210 and I can't wait. But anyway, I don't want to talk about the whole time. I want to talk about the heavenly realm with you because we have power together. We have power alone, but it multiplies greatly when we come together and agree. Has this helped anyone? Seriously. I, okay. A couple of you. Awesome. <laughs> Well, you know what? Even if this message really was just for me, I am ignited even more in the place of prayer. So I, as I, as I end today, um, I just, I want to implore you to take this message to heart and, and, and recognize that it's you that are the enthroned intercessors. It's you that are crowned with his goodness and that at the sound of your voice, God moves. That's what those wheels are <laughs> that we saw in Ezekiel 1. And I, I challenge you to go to Ezekiel 1 this week and other weeks and meditate on that and let it become a reality to you and not science fiction. Let it become science nonfiction for you. Let it become a reality that you could literally see yourself standing on that sapphire crystal pavement before an emerald throne like a halo around who he is and see yourself standing there knowing that there is nothing in all of hell or all the earth that could separate you from that place. That all you have to do is engage it and you're there in an instant. There's no having to strive for it. There's no working to be there. God, I thank you that in this moment that we are standing before your throne. The one that is bright like Jasper. The one that is created, it's got an emerald rainbow surrounding it, God. And, the, and the, the living creatures that are there, Father. And the rainbow wheels that are moved by the Spirit of God. We stand before you in this place, God. And I ask, God, that you would impregnate everyone in this room with the desire to come before that throne. God, that you would impregnate each one. Plant a seed for a fiery prayer life, God, that it would avail much, that it would bring heaven to earth in our lives. God, I ask that you would let us see you right let us see you holy God and right before you so that we can approach your throne boldly God and I bless your people with eyes to see and ears to hear I bless your people with throne room experiences God I bless them with a prayer like life like they've never had before Jesus that they would thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church you can find us online at awakeningky.com.